Great to see you guys. Hey, you know, I think the idea of uh, taking time out of our day and prioritizing the house of God brings honor to God. The, the whole bit of it is worship, the getting ready, uh, the fighting through, getting the kids ready, uh, the drive over, the, the whole bit, the worship, all of it uh, is honor to God. And, uh, and I just uh, want to commend you for, for being here, uh, for tuning in, uh, our online family, and, uh, and carving time out from our day. I can't think of anything better to do with uh, our time than to honor God with our time. We have, uh, we have been, uh, we were shut down for a little while in terms of meeting on campus for, for three or four months, and then as soon as the opportunity arose, uh, we jumped back into meeting, and it's, uh, it's been awesome, even though the numbers are considerably lower than they have been normally, uh, it's been really uh, exceptional to gather in the room and worship God together. Uh, and uh, I want to give a big shout out to our ushers who have worked like tirelessly uh, to help us. And I know we look at guys that are on platform and think that's the ministry, but it's all the ministry. It's all service to God. It's all service to God's people. And what I would like to say, uh, a couple things is, one, uh, our ushers are, they are like God. They are for you. So uh, I am going to request that you guys cooperate with our ushers. And we're working really hard uh, to try to keep social distancing, spacing, rows, the whole nine yards of, of trying to make sure that this is as uh, safe an environment as we could possibly create. And uh, if you could cooperate with our ushers when they try to direct you to a seat that maybe isn't your premium choice of seat, that would please Jesus in an incredible way. And uh, let me just take this opportunity one more time to encourage you to actually show up on time for church. I didn't get nearly as much amen out of that one, did I? Uh, you know, it, it astonishes me that, that people do show up late for church. It, it's one hour uh, service, and people will show up 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late, sometimes with 15 minutes left in the service. Uh, and uh, it, it would help our ushers, it would help us. We're trying to serve you the best way that we possibly can. Uh, but your cooperation in actually showing up a little bit early, because that's what on time is, correct? Uh, showing up a little bit early uh, so that our ushers could help get our seating set up in such a way that they're not scrambling around uh, in the dark uh, while we are having our awesome worship set. So uh, big hand to our ushers. Come on. And... 
Uh, I, uh, I really want to encourage you to start showing up a few minutes early. It would be a good habit. And that's another thing that would please Jesus. So amen. Hey, I want to take a few moments today, and I've been talking about here for better, but I'm, I'm going to move off of that for a minute. Uh, it's, it's not going to be the last you'll hear of that for sure. But uh, today I want to talk about living your highest life, living your highest life. I believe that we are living in a day of low. Uh, the... The, the behavior, the attitude of our entire society, to me, is at the lowest threshold that I feel like I've seen in my lifetime. Um, whichever presidential candidate you may like or not like, and you're still my friend, whoever you vote for, uh, but uh, I just, I was, I was literally embarrassed at watching the the debate of two grown men in their 70s, both, you know, ultra successful in their career in life, uh, they argued like school children in the debate that they were having. And I walked away with that, and I thought, oh, that was awful. That was just awful. And then this last week, uh, the vice presidential debate happened, and um, I, what, what is astonishing to me is here we are like school children again in our society making more about a fly landing on Mike Pence's head. Just like, just like a third grader. You know, I, I, it's gotten to where uh, I've always felt like the news was highly filtered. Uh, but now it is just beyond, it, it, it's nowhere near the news. Uh, it, it's the voice of an opinion, and you choose which opinion you want, and you tune into that news if you turn into news at all. Uh, I look at what's happening in the conversations that take place on social media, uh, and, uh, and it just feels like we're just, we're just dredging bottom sometimes. Uh, in terms of our demeanor, our behavior, our attitude, our relationships. Um, I'm watching people, when they don't get their way, they pour into the streets and tear things up. That's just low. I mean, that's just low. And uh, I just think we can do better. I think we can live a higher life. And so I want to talk about that for uh, at least today, maybe next week some more too. But uh, Colossians chapter 3 gives us this, verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Everybody say above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, you also will be revealed with him in glory. Uh, I I like this because 
I think this has taken us to the highest life possible. You've been raised up, the Bible said. And the Bible says that we should keep seeking the things that are above, uh, that we should set our minds on things above. There, there's a higher life for all of us. Whatever you've experienced, whatever you've known, whatever level of success or whatever level of defeat, uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you've experienced, I'm, I'm convinced that the Bible points us to a higher life. We could live a higher life. Uh, and so a higher life could mean for you that it, your relationship with God is go, going closer, higher than it's ever been. Uh, it might mean higher in your career, uh, your calling that God has put on your life. It might be a higher life as it concerns your finances. It might be a higher life in the way we relate to each other, the way we talk to each other, the way we talk about each other, the way we interact. It might be a higher life in the, in the very style of your life. Uh, it could be a higher life in your parenting and your skills as a parent and uh, your capacity. Uh, it might be a higher life in terms of your service to the cause of Christ. And all of us, I believe, can continue to take it higher. We can continue to go above uh, what we've already lived. And so uh, the truth is, some of us today are going to be at a crossroads uh, in our life. And uh, the God's intention is that the next chapter would take you higher. Uh, it, it, may, it may seem in a way to be a step back, but in reality, God has a higher life in mind for you. It, it may very well be that during this uh, pandemic, uh, you've faced a setback. I'm just here to remind you, as I do almost every week, God has a plan of redemption and better than before for you, so you don't have to fear. He is for you. He is going to take you to a higher place. And, uh, and what this passage is encouraging us to do is set our mind on higher things. Uh, set, have a mind set on things that are higher. I, I'm, I'm so convinced that the power of your mindset matters so much. Your mindset, the way you process it, the way you think about it, uh, the way, you, the story you tell yourself about it, the story you tell other people about it, your mindset, your mindset is creating your relationship with God, whether, it, whether it's it, joyful and happy and uplifting and, uh, and full of life or whether it's you feel condemned and naughty and wrong all the time. Your mindset is controlling all that. Your mindset is controlling what your finances are. Your mindset is controlling what your relationships are. Your mindset is controlling every part of your life. So I think if we could get the right kind of um, godly mindset, we could keep going higher and higher in life. So let me just give you a couple of ideas today. Number one is this. God, this is a good mindset to have. God has raised me. 
to a new level in life. This, this, this passage is telling us that you've been raised up with Christ. So my encouragement to all of us today is how about choose the raised up life? Choose the high life. Take the high road. It's, it's better, thank you. I was pausing for effect, not for a clap, but thank you so much. It, you, you can take the gracious road rather than the vindictive road. That's a higher road. You, you could take the polite road instead of the rude road. That's a higher road. You, you could take the forgiveness road rather than the resentment road. That's a higher, that's choosing a higher life, right? You, you could take the, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt road instead of just causing them to be guilty in your mind before you even know what's really going on. You could take the not jealous road or envious road. When you see somebody doing well, that you could take the road that says, praise God, if God could bless an idiot like that, just think what he could do for somebody like me. <laughs> Come on, you could take the generous road instead of the stingy road. You go to the restaurant, don't just give the cheapest little tip. I'm just saying, you've been raised up to a new life, so live like you've been raised up. Don't think like a person who's raised up. Speak like a person who's been raised up. Act like. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, but act like you're a person that's been raised up. Believe like you're a person who's been raised up. You know, when, when you start to say, I'm just going to take it higher. I've been raised up. I'm going to take it higher. If you could change your mindset from scarcity to abundance, it would revolutionize your world. Right? Scarcity thinks there's pieces of the pie, and if I give one piece of my pie away, then I'm lost something. Abundance thinks river, if I let it flow, then more comes. Amen. And I don't want to live constipated. I want to let it flow. Scarcity thinks hoarding. Toilet paper. <laughs> How much toilet paper do we need for the next thing? Abundance thinks releasing. 
toilet paper. Yeah. You know, when you, when you just go for the raised up kind of life, you just say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about getting even. I'm going to actually live as an overcomer. Right? Romans 12, uh, verse 21 says, don't be overcome by evil. Like, don't fight back evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's a higher road. Right? You could be, you could be set free from offense. Our culture today is offended at everything, every little thing. And cancel culture says as soon as somebody makes a mistake, as somebody says something wrong, as soon as somebody looks the, the wrong way out of the side of their eye, cancel, out, done. How about if, how about if we lived a life that was higher than offense? okay if I talk about what, where we're living. How about, how about getting so big on the inside that you're, not, you're just decided I'm not going to get offended about anything? Proverbs 19.11 said, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger. It's his glory to overlook a transgression. It's your glory. One translation has this literally, it's your glory to overlook an insult. Well, if that spirit was let loose in society today, and this is, this is not, understand, this is not about letting people walk all over you. Uh, it's, it's about realizing that Lions don't stop and acknowledge every small dog that's barking. I'm just talking about raised up kind of mindsets. That you've been set free from living small. God's brought you out into a wide open, spacious place. You feel stuck because of the way you think. Come on. You, you've been set free from pettiness. So you're not going to find me getting into arguments about petty things on social media. I'm going to post a picture of my grandson. <laughs> I'm not going to get hung up in that kind of pettiness. Come on. No matter what happens to you in life, you do have the option to choose joy. That's a higher life. That's a higher way to live. I mean, if you have this attitude that people can't steal my joy because they didn't give it to me, they can't take it. I'm just talking about how to live your highest life. Come on. Let me just say, you, you've been raised up above being ruled by your sex drive. Amen. It's a drive. It needs a steering wheel. You've been raised up above being ruled by greed 
or pride. All I'm saying is don't live like a person who hasn't been raised up. Don't live a low life. <laughs> live a high life. Don't act like a low life. Don't think like a low life. Don't respond like a low life. And the Bible declares to us that we've been raised up. From what? Well, from spiritual death, for one thing. But how about just raised up from whatever your past has been to a new life in Christ? So, since you've been raised up to a new level of life, live at a new level of life. The, the second idea I want to take a few minutes with is this concept. I'm not trying to raise myself. I've already been raised. Right? All we're living is what Jesus has already given. We're living what he's given. So a revelation of who you are in Christ, of who God has already made you, you're not trying to get up to it. You've been already raised up to it. You got to get a revelation of what God has already given to you. You're not a sinner trying to be righteous. You've been made righteous and sin's trying to pull you down. That's a big difference. A really big difference. And you might need to remind yourself of that when you wake up at three in the morning and you're going through all the stuff. Come on, you're not striving for the blessing of God. It's yours already. You're not, you're not striving, reaching, hoping you're good enough for the favor of God, for the goodness of God, for purpose in life. We already have all that. In Christ. And I think when we get clear about this kind of thinking, that the place we've been raised to is a place I could never raise myself to in my own. That's when you go, I'm going to embrace God's gift of grace to my life. He's already done it. So you can know when you walk out into your day, you walk out righteous because he's already done it. You walk out with favor because he's already done it. You walk out with mercy and goodness following you all the days of your life because he's already done it. Everybody say he's already done it. I think, I think all of us have to keep 
guard over our brain, over our heart, over our process, because I think some of us are still trying to live Old Testament, do better to please God. When New Testament is, I am better because of God's gift of righteousness. You got to align your perspective with your position. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 6 says, We've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, perspective is everything. Are you looking up to God to help you? Are you looking down from your raised up place to what's going on on the earth? Every once in a while, Suzette and I will uh, watch HGTV, House Hunters on HGTV. What's your budget? Oh, yeah, 1.5 million. What do you do? I'll collect butterflies and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always interesting to me the perspective that people take when they're looking because some people are looking for $1 million houses because that's the position they're standing in. And some other people are looking at $100,000 houses because that's the position they're standing in. And you might say, Pastor, you don't know my, my circumstances. I have to be looking for a $100,000 house. No, you could get a different perspective. And you could look at it from a different angle. Because there's a heavenly reality that surpasses your earthly reality. Can, can I take you there for a minute? Come on. I love this in, in the New Living Translation, uh, this Colossians 3. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand, wanting you to get to church on time and cooperating with the ushers. <laughs> think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So the Bible is encouraging us to set our sights on the realities of heaven. Heaven doesn't start existing the day you die. Heaven is a real place that exists right now with an atmosphere. We just... Sing a song about the atmosphere, about there are resources that flow out of heaven. There, there's an ethos that belongs to heaven. And the Bible's telling us, hey, listen, we can live with heaven's abundance in the midst of earth's struggles. Come on. Somebody write it down. I can live with heaven's abundance in the midst of earth's struggles. 
I like the Passion Translation of verse 2. It says, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, which you're never going to get on CNN or Fox or whatever you listen to, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I know when you're going through a tough season in your earthly reality, it can become hard to stop and remember how great your heavenly reality really is. But can I just say, the hardest time in your life is the time we most need to tap in to the highest life. And you can decide what's going to frame your reality in life. The truth is, we're all doing it anyway. God has made us alive. God has already raised us up. God has seated us in heavenly places. This is what faith is. It's embracing spiritual realities until they manifest in your earthly reality. Come on, if you won the lottery, I don't even know how to win the lottery. I don't even know how to play the lottery. I don't even understand the lottery. But all I know is this, if you won the lottery and you had the ticket, but it just sat on your countertop, and you never said, hey, that's mine. It wouldn't matter if you won or lost. If you win the lottery, pay tithe. <laughs> so, I know some people think, well, I would, I would definitely pay tithe if I won the lottery. Yeah, right, like you'd write a $10 million check when you can't even write a $10 check. But anyway, I know I'm bringing you down and I'm talking about living higher. Hey, if you got a letter that said your inheritance is such and such, you've got a long-lost uncle who's left all this for you, but you just left the letter just sitting there on the counter, you never walk into who you really are, what you really have. Once, once we realize what he's already given us. We just turn our attention to cooperating with the plan that he has for us. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want to pray, Father, thank you for what you have done for us. In a day of so many lows, we choose to go high. We choose to go above. We choose to live the life that you have paid such an incredible price for. Father, I know there's people in this room, people that are watching this message online that are hurting, Father, that are experiencing difficulty and roadblock and obstacle and seemingly insurmountable situations, but God, you are able, and I am praying 
for a fresh breath of your spirit. While your head is bowed, your eyes are closed, can I just take a moment and pray with, if, you've, if you're here today, you're watching online, and you've never surrendered your life in a real way to Jesus, I would love to pray with you today. If you know that there was a day when you used to be close to God, closer than you are today, you know you've slipped away, you know you've backslidden, you know you're not in connection with where you need to be where you ought to be, I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand in your relationship with God. Nobody looking around, but you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I need to make a move toward God. I need to open my heart toward Jesus. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room. Just say, that's me. More important than me <laughs> seeing your hand is God, seeing there's something in you that's opening up to him. Thank you. Is there anybody else that just says yes to me? God bless you. Anybody else? Just in a moment of honesty, not a call to get your act together, a call to surrender to the goodness of God, to the love of God, and to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. Thank you. Come on. Let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who raised their hand. But I'd like for us to all say it out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.